The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico-Powell. Today, I have Dr. Wendy Trubo, certified practitioner and co-author of his awesome book, Dirty Girl, Ditch Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Amazing. I love this book. You can tell. I'm, I'll be honest. I haven't finished the book yet. I'm like a few chapters away. Fantastic information. I mean, we know the connection with toxins and our health. That's one thing we're going to talk about. Toxins and our weight. That's something else we're going to talk about. Toxins and our energy levels, because we need to get rid of these toxins to really have optimal health. So there's a lot of good information in this book, and there's a lot of good things that we're going to talk about today. But you know, on top of that, we're going to have a big question. A hack of the episode. I'm going to put Wendy on the spot. And the question is going to be, if the person has capacity to make one lifestyle change, which one should they make? Oh, yes. So, you know, she's already thinking. She's already thinking. Cause we have, this is going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. But with that being said, let's welcome Wendy to the show. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, Zico. Thanks for having me on. Now I'm all in my head about commitment and choosing one thing that's going to make a difference for people. Right. <laughs> I saw the wheels. I saw the wheels turning. I saw the wheels turning. I saw the wheels turning. But yeah. before we even get to that happy stuff, tell my audience about yourself. Sounds good. I am a functional medicine practitioner. I've been in the field since 2008. And because I'm a gynecologist, I largely take care of women because that was my previous life. And so now I transitioned into taking care of women from a functional medicine standpoint. So we have a bricks and mortar. Uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, and we are located in the suburbs. And we also have an online business, which is the Dirty Girl Detox brand, because not everyone can get to Newton Mass, right? Like it's a little inconvenient for some people. And then, you know, really, I think the thing that's important for people to understand is that this is intensely personal to me, because I was just minding my own business when I just fell into this massive ditch called toxins and I gained weight. I gained almost 10 pounds. I lost half the hair on my head and I had a rash. The rash was the, the weight was upsetting. The hair was really upsetting, but the rash every day I was like, Oh, it was on my face, on my eyelids, on my nose, my right under my lip. And it wouldn't quit. Like I would wake up scratching and, and it turns out it was toxins. So this is intensely personal for me. And if I'm not mistaken, that's in the early part of your book as well. I think you kind of lay that out. So, yep. you know, she's, she's testing me. I'm the podcaster, but I know she's going to test me throughout this, uh, throughout this episode. So get ready to see me on the spot as well. But, but let's talk about toxins, right? 
So first question, because I posted something on Instagram today about toxins and I realized that most people have no idea how toxins really impact their health. So what are some of the misunderstandings when it comes to toxins? This is such a great question, Zico. Okay. Some of the, some of the top, let's bust the top myths, right? I don't have a problem with toxins because I don't huff white out. Okay. No, false. If you live on this earth, you have a problem with toxins. Uh, another one would be, it's all inevitable. Why bother? You know, I'm just going to get sick and die and you will eventually die, but you don't need to get sick just to get there. Right. So another myth is that you can't do anything about it and you're powerless. Busted, totally busted. And then I would say the next myth is it's too hard to avoid toxins. And so I'm not going to bother. I'll just sort of get resigned and give up. And my response is you can always level up. There's always an opportunity. There's always hope. There's always, there's always chance. And you have control over this way more than anyone else does. You actually have control over how it goes. You know what? I That's really interesting you said that because when I post things on my Instagram or even on, on uh, YouTube and there's some of the feedback that I get, I realize that there are a lot of misconceptions, but I think most of it is surrounded by, you see all these products now, take this and detox, drink this and do that, right? Uh, and I give an example that when I posted something on Instagram today and I said that, you know, and I talked about the connections between um, toxins and our health. But I also mentioned that if you really want to have healthy weight loss, you have to detoxify. Yep. And people immediately started thinking I was, they started asking me about what teas are best and what drink is best. And I was like, you know what? You can detoxify just by doing basic stuff. Fasting, sweating, being in the sauna. You know, I mean, drinking clean water. Like there's so many ways we can naturally detoxify. Yep. But we get so caught up and we think we have to buy all these fancy things. People are like, I'm not going to spend money on that. First of all, I don't even know if it works. So the sudden people just give up and say, hey, I'm not going to do it. So that's the thing is a, a big connection between um what, what the four things you just laid out and um why people just kind of give up and say, hey, I don't want to do this. Right. So yeah. go ahead. I think you have something on your mind. Go ahead. So I think we should talk about there are absolutely foundational things that you can do that will impact your ability to get rid of toxins and promote healing. And, you know, we're all about being at a healthy body weight and keeping your brain intact and your heart healthy and having your gut be invisible. Like you don't notice it, you know, like how many people notice their right elbow? Very few. Your gut should be like that. You don't notice it. Your heart should be like that. Your lungs, your brain, you shouldn't notice your body. It should just, should just function like this beautiful machine. It shouldn't be like an early computer that had glitches all the time and was breaking down, right? That's not the way it should be. And so foundationally, it's really important to honor what the body needs. So the body needs rest. We are chronically underslept and proud of it in America. We're like, yeah, I got by on five hours of sleep. And I'm like, not a badge of honor. You need more sleep, especially if you're female. Males tend to do a little bit better with sleep deprivation, but we generally all need at least seven hours of sleep, not seven hours in bed, but seven hours of sleep. Because remember, the amount of time you spend in bed doesn't doesn't translate into 100% efficiency. So okay, sleep. 
you have like 65,000 thoughts a day and most of them are unkind. And guess what? You will shut down detox if you have nasty thoughts towards yourself or even if you have thoughts that are stressful. So thoughts like, God, you're so dumb. You always screw this up. Nobody's going to like you. All those thoughts, that ticker tape that just runs through your brain, being unkind to you. You're so ugly. You're so fat. You're a failure. Whatever that says, right? Those thoughts, transforming them into something that's kind goes a long way to promoting detox because the system, when you have those thoughts, you cause the adrenals to put out hormones that tell the liver oh, geez, a lion's going to eat us. Don't don't focus on detox because a lion's going to eat us. And then the, the adrenals say to the gut, guys, don't dig- digest because a lion's running after us. We need to shut the presses down and conserve all our energy. So it really does have a, an actual impact when you have thoughts that are disempowering. So, okay, sleep, thoughts, sweat, you mentioned. You detox through your skin. It's your largest organ. So when you sweat, you are moving toxins out. And you know how you smell when you sweat? That's a good thing. It means you're actually moving toxins. I get a lot of women in my office who would be like, I don't sweat, doc. I'm like, that's not a badge of honor either. You need to sweat. So making sure that you move your body and sweat regularly is critical. Poop every day, at least once, if not two to three times a day. Because think of all the things we're ingesting, a lot of them come out either through our sweat, our our poop, or our pee. So if you're not pooping, if you're not pooping, I can guarantee you that you have dysfunctional hormones because your hormones are put into your gut to poop out. And if you don't poop them out, guess what? They get recycled in their toxic antioxidant, I'm sorry, free radical form. So you need to poop every day. You need to connect with people. No one's an island. And if you're isolated, that is a risk factor for earlier death, okay? For some people, intimacy includes sexual intimacy, but it could also be as simple as physical connection with someone else. It doesn't have to be sex. It can be feeling as though you're seen and and heard and felt, like even able to hold someone's hand. Thinking, living the right life, right? You know, living a life that gives you purpose and drive. These are all the foundational behaviors to set the stage for detox and healthy weight and and feeling freaking amazing right that's that's what we're meant to be that's true and actually i definitely do agree with all of that in fact with my life you know i've been biohacking since i don't remember at a point anymore i mean got myself off medications and everything and i'm 40 years old and i feel like i'm 20 but you know it's uh i one of my habits talking about pooping i poop every day before i eat now my first breakfast is usually around 10 30 to 11 right because i practice intermittent fasting right yep, yep. but i always <clears throat> poop without right i don't have to force myself it always just it just happens mm-hmm. come our body knows that my body is cleaning itself right exactly so these are little things that we don't pay attention to like we don't poop every day we barely pee we don't drink enough water and we we don't sleep enough like i said we treat it as a badge of honor but it really has a really bad impact on, on our health in many ways but driving back to the toxins piece, right? Because with all that being said, a lot of people don't do those things that they're supposed to. Their body don't function like it's supposed to. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the environment. So tying things that happen in the environment to a toxic lifestyle. What are things that are in our environment that could lead us to a toxic lifestyle? Yeah, so I don't even think it's a toxic lifestyle, Zico. I think it's just 
you know, we're all sort of these unwitting players in this massive dance that's happening around toxins. And, and we show up because we're living and we get exposed. So, and there are certainly deliberate things people can do that will expose them to toxins, right? Like drinking alcohol, you're deliberately putting a toxin in your body. Huffing that white out that I mentioned earlier in the show, that that's a deliberate exposure. But a lot of it is not deliberate. A lot of it is sort of a byproduct of just living. So for example, there's tons of, so let's, let's separate this into categories. Okay. There's, there's three categories. And then within that, there's three categories. Okay. So there's the toxins that you put in your body. That's the toxins from our food, our drink, alcohol, sugar, non-organic food, processed food, highly colored food artificial flavors, artificial colors. Okay. Those are the toxins that get into us that our body has to deal with. Then there's the toxins that are around, uh, I'm sorry, that we're putting on our body, like makeup, beauty products, cologne, air, uh, I'll save air fresheners for later. The clothes that we take to the dry cleaner, the dye we put in our hair, the shampoo, the, the, the hair product, makeup, nail polish. You'll notice my nails are not done because when I tested my toxins, I had really high levels of the nail polish toxins. And I was like, I used to do my nails every Sunday night, lie on the bed like this, go to sleep, wake up in the morning with a gorgeous manicure lasted for the week, but you know, it's not worth it. Right. So that's, that's on our bodies. And studies show that by the time we've left the house, if you're male, it's closer to a hundred. If you're female, it's closer to 200, 250. We have put 100 to 250 chemicals on our bodies that are endocrine disrupting straight out toxins or some other way harmful for us by the time we even start our work day. So maybe you're not leaving the house, right? Maybe you're just going downstairs to your home office, but you've already been exposed. Then the last category of toxins is toxins that we are around us. That is the air fresheners that I reference. That is, if you live near a power plant, a highway, a golf course, a farm, they're all putting off chemicals. So the chemicals around us, the chemicals in our air, the chemicals from the water, these are all around us. Now I mentioned that there are three types of chemicals. So there's the heavy metals, that's lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, a little bit thallium. These are heavy metals, meaning they they're very difficult. They're easy to get. They're difficult to get rid of. And you get 50% of what your mom had. So if your mom had metals, pregnancy is a detox event for her, but a tox up event for you. So just being born, you get toxins. Then there's the mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are the toxins that mold creates and releases when it's in your body. Super creepy. So 50% of buildings have had water damage. So statistically, it's almost impossible to get away with never having a water exposure, a mold exposure, because think about all the places we've lived, the dorm we lived in. Please, at college, I think I lived in like four different dorms. So if you figure that 50% are water damaged, it's statistically impossible to get through your life without getting an exposure. And then the last category is what I'll call the other, the additional environmental toxins. That includes gasoline fume, flame retardants, pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, glyphosate. It includes phthalates, plastics, all the things that are you know in, in all the products that we use. And within each of these categories, you can have everything. That's actually why we wrote the book, because I tested my metals, I tested my mycotoxins, I tested my environmental. And I was like, 
a hot loaded mess. And I looked at my husband and I went, I'm such a dirty girl. That's the book we're writing because we've really, you know, we've been in this world for a while and we eat organic and I exercise and I'm not too much of a stress ball. And I got at least seven hours in bed, obviously not enough, but I wasn't terrible. And yet I was terrible. So we all are really standing, essentially standing under the waterfall and wondering why we're wet, right? Like, why do we have all these chronic diseases? Why are autoimmune diseases skyrocketing? Why is metabolic disease skyrocketing? Diabetes, PCOS, it's because of the toxins we're exposed to. And just to add one more thing, it's why we can't lose weight when we feel like we're at an inappropriate weight. And some people can't gain weight because their body is so challenged by the toxins. Actually, before I was diagnosed with celiac, I was underweight. I just, I, I was wasting, you know, cause I couldn't absorb anything. So you can go in either direction, depending on what your body responds, but often it's typically it's can't lose weight. That's the most common. I think it's kind of cool that you ended on the weight piece because I was thinking about that's actually my exact post this morning was if you think you're at a plateau, it may be because of your connection to toxins and why you need yeah. to detox. I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't remember my own post anymore, but you know, it is what it is. I'm amazed you post yourself. I got like, I can't. I know, do that. right? You I know, just, whatever came to my mind at the time was what I decided to write up and put on Instagram. But yeah, it's definitely true. And you know, a lot of times when we get people into these uh, weight training programs or these weight loss programs that we think about the calories and, and I'm not saying calorie deficit is not important, but there's so many other pieces like hyperthyroidism, um, you know, your level of toxicity, the health of your metabolism, like all those things that you have to consider. And that's why I have this show. And that's why I bring on wonderful guests to talk about all these different topics. Mm -hmm. So you can get the full picture of why you may be in the level that where you are and how you can get out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much. I, I like that like little bow, but something else I want to add to more of a question, Wendy, because somebody hear all this stuff and they're like, well, everything around us is toxic. One, I think was the second point you brought up about why even bother, right? right? But isn't the body equipped to deal with some levels of toxicity? That's such a good question, Zico. Okay, totally. I mean, your liver is designed to clean the body. Your gut is designed to help the liver do its job. Your skin. However, we have evolved and created a number of toxins, such a high number of toxins that the body's just overloaded. Have you ever seen the, the Lu Lucille Ball episode where she and Ethel are trying to wrap these chocolate cookie uh, candies and it's on an assembly line and it starts out really slow and they're able to wrap the candies, but the assembly line speeds up. And by the end of the episode, they're eating some, they're tossing some over their shoulders, they're wrapping some, and then more than 50% is getting by because they cannot keep up with the amount that's coming at them. That's kind of like our bodies. We can't keep up with the amount that we're being deluged by. And so that's where it becomes really important to sort of pick and choose. Like, what do I have control over versus what am I kind of stuck with, right? Like if you live near a highway, you're probably not going to move. But you can filter your air. You can ensure the food you eat is great. You can ensure that you sleep enough, that you move your body, that you de-stress. You have agency. Or you can ensure that the body, the products you put on your body aren't toxic so that you're not compounding the exposures. It's really important to figure out, like I always say to my patients, find your own line, but stay behind it. 
Because most of the time when people come to me, they've crossed their line. They can't figure out what's going on. So it's really important to understand that the level of toxins we're exposed to, it's just far beyond what the body was designed. We haven't evolved rapidly enough to keep up with the evolution of the toxins, right? There's like 1,500 new ones produced every year. There's over 500,000 out and we get exposed to tons of them. So how do you feel about EMF and the connection with the EMF and toxins? Right. That's because another toxin. Tell my audience what EMFs are. Yeah. Electromagnetic. Elect, it's an impossible to say, which is why everyone says EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. So if you're a sensitive human, and by the way, I am, we lived in a house that was across the street from these towers. I couldn't sleep. The whole time I lived in that house when I was pregnant, I couldn't sleep. And it was only when I moved out of the house, I was like, oh, it's the house. <laughs> so electromagnetic frequency or EMFs are, are radio waves, essentially, that, that people can feel. You know, we're energetic beings. And so that's a type of contaminant that some people are sensitive to. And if you're sensitive to it, it can throw you off and you can be completely perplexed as to why, because you're eating well, you're sleeping, or maybe you're not because you're so thrown off, but you can't pinpoint what the problem is. And maybe your metals are negative. You can test the energy in your home to make sure it's not dirty. Uh, There's a number of, of devices that you can use. And so if you're really like, I have looked at everything and I can't figure it out. EMFs is really something to look at that and air and water quality or that are the sort of invisible things that people don't think of. And, you know, I've done interviews where the, 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 my guests will explain the connection between EMFs and even the water, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not getting to all that. I can go back and listen or watch that interview. But when we say EMFs, though, because people still hear that and say electromagnetic frequencies, but are we talking about like 5G, you know, um, totally. internet? Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about everything, right? So think about it. You have electricity in your home. You have Bluetooth in your home. You have a wireless connection. You have 5G, 4G, 3G, whatever. 5G is actually an um, order of magnitude worse than 4G. So if you're a sensitive human, you're going to want to definitely keep that phone. You know, we you know, don't put the phone up to your ear. Keep it about a foot and a half away from, this is about a foot and a half. Keep it a foot and a half away from you at least. So be annoying and put it on speakerphone because if you're sensitive to EMFs and you have that phone up at your ear, you're getting a huge dose. I've um I've talked to doctors who actually connect uh having the phone by your ear because one of the bad habits that we tend to sleep with our phone at our ear yeah. or at, by our head and uh in brain tumors right yeah. so you know there's we, there's things that we really need to consider I mean yes diet is important and there's a lot of lifestyle stuff that's also tied into and that's one of those things like don't sleep with the phone at your head put yeah. it on the ground I've all I've, I've ever since I found that out I've practiced it because when you already have the <laughs> earbuds in your ear all day long right yeah. and then when you go to bed it's still at your head that's that's really not good for men who are prostate for for men right don't have your laptop on your balls like don't wear your it sure makes sense right and don't put your phone on your boobs no boobs right, no balls exactly. with technology exactly keep that stuff away from you like you know and that's one of the reasons why a lot of diseases have been been increasing in our society is not just the diet as terrible as the entire lifestyle part of it so um i'm glad that we kind of got a chance to break that down because that wasn't part of my initial plan which leads me to my next question because i want to talk about we're talking about the mind we're talking about the brain right so neuro i can never say this word neuro i'm I'm not even going to try to say it head (laughs) 
neurodegenerative diseases. There we go. I always struggle with that word. I think it's a Jamaican thing. I just can't seem to get all those to get together. You could just say degenerative diseases, although that would also include um, multiple sclerosis. Exactly. That does tend to be in the in the brain. You know, you have these lesions in the brain with with MS. So I think you can say degenerative diseases and just be fine. I, I think that's the part of the word that I struggle with. It's not the neural part. <laughs> so I swear people, I'm smart. I swear. I'm telling you, but I can't seem to get this word out of my mouth. But connect that now to toxins. <clears throat> sure. Okay. So let, let's sort of peel this down because we can talk about dementia and Alzheimer's. Those two, we look at as if there are four to five pathways that you walk down. There's your mineral nutrient status. There's your endocrine status. That includes your thyroid and your female and male hormones. There is your infectious status. Do you have Lyme disease or some kind of co-infection or some other infection that's, that's playing a role? And then do you have toxins? So when you're looking at degenerative diseases like dementia, you want to walk down every one of those pathways and make sure that everything is optimized. Now let's talk about specifically degenerative diseases that cause the body to fail over time. So, you know, think about when you're born, you have these genetics and based on your life, your food, your family, what, what your family did, you either turn those genes on or you don't. So if those genes get turned on, you're going to go down the pathway of some type of disease and everyone's different. Mine's autoimmune. My pathway is autoimmune. Yours is something else. Someone else is totally different. Uh, my husband's family goes down the diabetes family pathway. So everyone goes down different pathways, but you're going to go down the pathway that your body, that your genetics set you up for, but you have to turn those genetics on. So when you think about what turns on genetics, inflammation, infection, major stressors, nutrient deficiencies, uh, let's go back to stressors, your parents and your grandparents experiences influence your genes, whether your genes, you know, what happened to your grandparent 50 years before you were born actually impacts what happens to you. Kind of makes you feel hopeless. But on the other hand, the way you live can reverse and alter that expression. So going back to toxins, toxins are extremely inflammatory, just just like drinking a bucket of inflammation, right? Just think of them like, oh, it's inflammation. And then when you layer that onto your body and are you pooping, moving, sleeping, eating, breathing, thinking, connecting, are you doing all those things? If you're not, you've started to set the stage for more inflammation. And at some point the body is going to say, okay, yeah, I've reached my limit. The toxins set the, the toxins flip the switch from maybe a genetic predisposition or a possibility to actually happening because the system doesn't know what to do with this inflammation that's when you get symptoms you know that i again that's another wonderful connection and it goes back to what you said in the beginning which i think is kind of like the 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 building block for the entire episode like those four points that you laid out because again we're getting stuck in okay i i, I don't want to buy these intensive teas to detoxify and all this yeah. other nope they work they cost should much, you but, you shouldn't do that Exactly. Right. Um, so because I said, there's so our body can deal with a certain level of toxicity and there are also things that we can do naturally to help that process along, like mm-hmm. sweating and so on and so forth and starting to remove some of those from our lives. That's absolutely yes. important as well. So I'm glad that she is sharing all this. And I think it's going to be really good for my audience to kind of get that down. 
which leads me to my next question, right? Because we're talking about diseases and how they evolve when it comes to toxins. And you just talked about that a little bit. So give us like a real, a, a, a connection of how toxins kind of drive some of the diseases that we have in our lives. Okay. Well, I'll use myself as an example. I have two genes for celiac disease. Celiac is celiac disease is an autoimmune reaction to gluten. Gluten is the, the grain that we use for just about everything right? Bread, cake, candy, cookie, pasta, beer, um, cereal. You know, it's, it's pretty much everything we eat as Americans. And so I'm a child of the seventies. I grew up eating sloppy joes and pasta with chicken. And, um, I was actually, I do think back to my teenage years, I had symptoms in my teens. I remember, except it wasn't with gluten. I remember eating an orange and having the worst stomach pains, like someone was stabbing me in my belly. So when I was 15, I stopped eating oranges. And in fact, recently, my mom said to me, you're eating an orange? I said, yeah. Once I figured out that I had celiac, I no longer had a problem with oranges. Really weird, right? So so I started to have you know food reactions and irritable bowel, but I didn't know. Here's the most important thing, Zico. Some of these things develop very subtly. So you don't really recognize that they're a problem. You just, it's just the way you are, right? It's the, it's the, it's the quality of your air that you're breathing every day. You don't even notice it until you leave or until something changes. And so fast forward to my twenties, I now have florid irritable bowel, but I don't know that I have irritable bowel. I just know that I like, I got to be careful with what I eat. And then fast forward to my thirties and I'm literally sitting I was an obstetrician. So I delivered babies. I'm sitting with my colleague. We're reviewing a fetal heart tracing. And I just happened to put my hand on my neck. And I was like, holy smokes, my pulse is 120. Sitting at the desk. If your pulse was sitting 120, it's a problem. And, you know, as a resident, like no bandwidth. So I went to acupuncture, it got better. And then it got worse. We were like, oh, you have an adrenal problem. But I do clearly remember in residency how stressed I was and converting from irritable bowel into just really being wrong, like wasting, brain fog, uh, more hair loss, weird skin rashes, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation. It was all over the map. And it was in my 30s that I got diagnosed with celiac. But when you look back, you go, okay, I had terrible genes. They were already epigenetically turned on based on my, you know, I think shared with you before the show started that I'm a second generation immigrant. So I'm not that far away from, you know, living in the shtetl in Eastern Europe. You know, we they were poor, man, and came to America. My dad has celiac disease. So the genes that I got were already turned on promoting disease. Then you layer on the standard American diet of the 70s. And then you layer on the stressors of the 90s where I went to med school and then layer on residency. For me, it was a combo of the food and the stress sent me right off the cliff. So the food acted as a toxin, right? So when people say toxins, it could be what you're eating. Good intentions, bad outcome. So so when you think about it, you know, someone who's prone for diabetes, if they have a lot of toxic exposures that are literally toxins or toxicants as opposed to foods necessarily, they're going to go down the pathway of insulin resistance, more insulin resistance until finally they cross that line and the doctor says, okay, well, now you've got diabetes. My response is, well, you've got toxins. Let's get that. Let's reverse that because it's reversible. 
You know, you talk about diabetes, given that it's a weight management show, and I've worked with, I mean, thousands of people on their, their metabolism at this point. And uh, a lot of them and do have diabetes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've explained to them, I said, look, because I've had them say to me, it's a family thing. No matter what I it do, is. I'm going to have diabetes, right? And yes. then that's when I have to, got to get in to explain to them that, yeah, there's a genetic piece. But there's also, like you mentioned, the epigenetic piece. And we, ha- and we have to connect those two. Because when someone is diagnosed, and I try not to say someone has diabetes. I'm sorry, I try not to say somebody's diabetic. I try to say they have diabetes. So they don't yeah. like identify with it. Yeah. But when somebody's diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, you weren't type 2. Di- you didn't have type 2 diabetes that day. It begins with insulin resistance, then pre-diabetes, right. then type 2 diabetes. You may, you may be born with type 1. That's a different conversation. That's not what we're talking about. But type two has a lot to do with your decisions over 20, 30, 40 years and stuff like that, right? Example, with me and my asthma. I'm sorry, I yeah. say that. With my asthma, right? I know it's not weight related, but it, uh, asthma runs in my family. Well, since I've changed my life, I'm off all my medications. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to understand that the, the decisions that we make, including having a toxic lifestyle, or you don't like to say have toxic lifestyle, but toxins in your life, and how you drive your life can really play a huge difference in how you feel and your actual health outcomes. But go ahead. Um, okay, so you brought this up perfectly. I'm so glad you brought this up. We need to talk about this. Yes, it runs in your family because you all live in the same place, eat the same foods, act the same way, think the same way, have the same habits. And even so, for example, you came from Jamaica, right? So a lot of people, when they come from their homeland, bring the food with them. So if you've got a reaction to the food that you were eating, you know, like, for example, oh my, my grandma made, they all made like borscht and stuffed cabbage. You're like, you know, I'm Jewish. It's very Jewish food, very heavy, very breaded. And, um, you know, of course, things run in the family because even coming to a new country, they still ate the way they ate. Right. And so, yes, it runs in your family because you all behave the same. Uh, and you have the same, and you have the same genetics, so you're going to come up with diseases in the same ways, because that's how your family's going to express it. But again, it is alter, it's interruptible. It's not your future. It's just your possibility. That's a, this is a good conversation that I really want to have, especially because I have com- you know, firsthand experience with this. So of course, like you said, I'm Jamaican, right? So when you asked me, I wanted to say Yemen, but I was like, I was thinking of that, but I'm like, can I say Yemen? I know, right? I can say that. You can. (laughs) I can't really get it right. So we don't talk like that. Actually, most Jamaicans can't stand the movie Cool Runnings because Jamaicans don't talk like that. You haven't heard me say Yemen other than just a while ago, of course. Like in the entire interview, like we don't talk like that. We speak English, British English. Actually, we have have a dialect, but that's a different story. Anyway, with that being said. Most of my Jamaican friends, like I said, eat, they search out Jamaican food, right? And a couple of things we have to understand. The food that we eat should be localized to where we live, right? So we have to be very mindful of that. There's a reason why fruits and vegetables grow in the summertime and um, certain, um, and why they don't grow as much in the wintertime. And then maybe stuff like avocado, stuff like that, like high fat stuff. You know, there's a reason why we, what foods that we eat, should be should be localized and that's why eating seasonally is so important mm-hmm. the uh the next thing like i said we seek out the stuff that we eat so my friends make fun of me or not me people come to me when they know i'm jamaican and they'll say where's the best jamaican restaurant and i'm like honestly 
I don't really eat Jamaican food. And they're like, you can't, and they can't believe that I don't because I mean, I'm not saying I never eat Jamaican food, but it's rare that I eat Jamaican food. And I have to kind of like be in the area and say, Hey, I haven't eaten this in a while kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's not a regular, because I know that Jamaican, the food they just want to call Jamaican food is not ideal for my health. And I have to shed that. Now I have other Jamaican friends who are still struggling with health problems, but they still eat the same way. I don't even get into the conversation with them because I know they're not willing to hear it. But I know that one of the, re- the main reason why they are struggling is because they still eat the same food. They seek out Jamaican food or food that they ate as a child, not realizing that's not even though even our processed stuff like bun and cheese and stuff like that that's filled. I picked up a Jamaican bun one time. Right? I mean, I really I think once or twice a year I might eat a Jamaican bun. When you pick up a Jamaican bun, yeah. It has, I think, at least like 10 ingredients, and most of them I can't recognize. It's not food. It's not food. Right. It's not food. Like, it really is not food. But so, but then, you know, we eat that stuff. We're like, that's what we ate growing up, you know? So, yeah. So, you're so right about that. Not in America, we do it, but, you know, we eat what we know from growing up. Like, people have said to me, I'm a picky eater. But then they go to McDonald's all the time. They go to Wendy's all the time. I said, you're not a picky eater. You just, eat like a crazy person like you're not you know you're not a picky eater like because somebody who who's picky is me i'm picky because i choose not to eat certain things because i know it's not good for me but you're not picky you just don't you just want what you want and what you want is not good for you you have to wake up and realize and stop blaming your genetics for everything and start realizing that it's the things that you do that's getting you the results that you're looking for you know, um, was it Denzel Washington that said that his wife told him a story one time or a mantra that to get something you never had, you got to do something you never did. Oh, so great. And you got to remember that. And that has to drive your life. Not saying that you're going to get it tomorrow and just completely change, but read Dirty Girl, take the quizzes that are in the book, realize where you are now. And then start to take some of that advice, of course, get driven by your, your medical and health professional. I'll be very clear about that and start to make the changes that can get you to optimal health, having more energy, losing weight, living the life that you really want to live. And with that being said, we're not done because now I'm on the hack of the episode of all the wonderful stuff that we talk about. I really want to ask Wendy, if you had to, Pick one thing to say, this is the change that you need to make today. You got to give me one. You can't cheat and give me two and three. You got to give me one thing. What would it be? Can I give you a category? One category? Sure. I can live with that. Okay. So if it's one thing, one thing, then the category would be the foundational behaviors of health. Eat, sleep, poop, move, think, breathe, connect, have intimacy. Optimize that category because that will give you the best chance to have your body fall back into balance. And, and yeah, I can't, it's really hard, Zico. Like, I can't, because it's not just one thing that's going to make you healthy. It really is the community of behaviors that you take on and the detox behaviors that support the system. But Again, it's not only those, I don't like those detox teas, actually. I don't, I don't recommend them. I don't, I don't take them. It's, it's really about the lifestyle supported by the right supplements. But yeah, it's hard to commit to one thing because it it does all act in concert. 
Because if you did the supplements but didn't do the lifestyle, it wouldn't work. I'm going to help you out here. Okay, Please. so you just you gave the answer. You gave that category. And I'm going to give you the one thing that I summed it up in my head. Change your mindset. Mm. Change your mindset. Don't think about, the, remember the four things you mentioned earlier? Like, So don't think about, oh, it's too hard. Why bother? I can't afford this, all that stuff. Change your mindset and say, okay, if I start with daily things, everything you just mentioned, pee, poop, intimacy. And what else? what else was it? Eat. Sleep, poop, move, think, connect, breathe, and intimacy. All those are free. Exactly. All those are free. Well, for some people, intimacy may be may not be free. But I want to <laughs> don't pay for it, people. You can get I, it for free. I, I, I want to be rated R. I'm not. I don't want to get into that. But seriously, though, but seriously, like you know, all those things are free. These are things that you do on a daily basis. If you read the Dirty Girl. Start to realize the small things you can do on a daily basis. And doesn't have it, and you know what? Doesn't even all have to be at one time. You can pick one a week and say, okay, this week my focus is this. Mm-hmm. I had a guy on my podcast last year, right? We call him Captain Khaled, right? And uh he lost how much? I don't remember, like I want to say 10 inches off his waist. And he's his A1C went down from I don't I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like but it went down pretty significantly when he moved from being diabetic into a normal range of his A1C. Mm-hmm. And you know how he did that? By walking every day, eventually starting to take 30,000 steps a day. Now, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know? yeah. But what he did was some of the things he did was like when he was on his computer and if he had to um, 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 read emails, he would take his laptop outside and walk around while he was uh, reading his emails. Or, you know, whatever time, whenever he can go outside and do an activity, or even if he's walking around his office, how he did that consistently. Then he started talking about drinking water. Then he started talking about his fasting and stuff like that. But he didn't just get up one day and start taking 30,000 steps. He first changed his mindset and say, hey, if I just start doing these little things, and as he got better and better, he said, hmm, let me add more. Let me do more. Let me do this. And, and he just kept on adding on to it. And he transformed his life. And I know you have, I can see the light bulb going off there. Wendy, you got something you want to tell me? Go ahead, lay it on us. No, I think you you languaged it perfectly. And what I would just jump onto that and add is that consistent small changes after a year add up to massive impact. And so it's really get started wherever you can. If you can't change your food, but you can change your thoughts, start there. If you can't change your food or your thoughts, but you can sleep for a half hour or more a day, start there. Start where you can, honor the change, and then add something as you can. Because it adds up. It really does add up. And it's super impactful. And that's the best way to end mm-hmm. the show. But, of course, we got to do this. Wendy, I need the shameless plugs. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing any favors. I didn't get any shameless plugs. So tell my audience, how can where can they get this wonderful book? <laughs> Where can they learn more about your work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. So uh, the book's available on Amazon. If you type in Dirty Girl, you're not getting my book. So type in Dirty Girl Detox, or you can type in Dirty Girl Trubo. That will get you the book. And then I'm on all of the socials at Wendy Trubo MD. And um, reach out, follow. You know, I'm all about I'm all about feeling freaking amazing. That's really what I'm committed to for every human. If you don't want, if you don't want to feel amazing, what are you doing? You know, they're not listening to you if they don't want to feel freaking amazing. Like they're listening to you to feel that. 
Excuse me. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people don't listen to me. I don't know why I listen to me half the time. But, you know, anyway, with that being said, the show notes are to be ZikaHelp.com slash Dirty Girl. I just came up with that off the top of my head, by the way, because I forgot to start to type down the show notes. But it could be ZikaHelp.com slash Dirty Girl. And, of course, the show notes could be in the description of the podcast. So you can click on it and learn more about her wonderful work and, you know, get a copy of her book and start making those lifestyle changes. And with that being said, Wendy, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We're out of here for the day, fam. Thanks, Seeker. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.